1 Samuel chapter number 30 and verse 1. Let's stand together if we could for the reading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Reverence to him and prayer for the message. The Bible says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Let us pray. Father in heaven, God, I thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I thank you, dear Lord, for the blood of Jesus that our dear brother testified about just a moment ago. Lord, for we know if it wasn't for the shedding of blood, there'd be no more remission for our sins. And God, I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary, sending your only begotten Son to die for us. And Lord, as he shed every drop of blood in his body to where I could have salvation full and free today. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the ones that got revived and re-energized this past week. And God, I hope I can bring just a little bit back uh, to the folks here at our church this morning. Lord, I'll praise you, give you glory and honor for what you do. Lord, I pray that you'd give me an anointing from the top of the head to the soles of my feet where I may preach your word. For God, I'll be the first one to confess I'm nothing without you. I can't do anything without you. And God, I need you and desire your help this morning. Lord, I'll thank you in Jesus' name. We do humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. David and his men have been discharged from the army. And it's taken David and his men some three days to travel from Aphek to Ziklag. And the Amalekites had attacked Ziklag with very little opposition. And I want you to follow with me in the scriptures, if you will, before we get into the meat of the message, to understand exactly what is taking place in this story. In verse number 2, the Bible says, and had taken, of course, in verse number 1, they burned Ziklag with fire and taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any. They're great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And you may think, well, why did they go in and burn the city and take the women and the children that were left behind? Why did they take them and not kill them? Well, because they were going to sell them for slaves. And verse number 4, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. You're talking about power from God? You get on an altar prayer and you start shedding tears. You start praying unto the God of heaven. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about crocodile tears. Uh, I'm talking about crying those tears uh, of repentance. Uh, or those tears uh, of getting down to business with the one and true living God. Uh, to know that you do serve a living God. And you can get in touch with that God. And the God of heaven can answer you. They had more power because of the weeping. And then look at verse number 6. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Here is the man of God that's trying to be a leader. 
He could not help that the enemy came into the camp and burned it all down. He was out on the battlefield somewhere else and they came back home and it was three days journey and during those journey, during that journey the enemy came into the camp, burned it to the ground and began to take the, the, the wives and the sons and the daughters of those people. So what did they do? They done exactly what a good church member would do. They're ready to stone the man of God. They're ready to take him down because he wasn't there when he should have been. He wasn't there to protect everything. He had all the men out on another battle. But I'm here to tell you folks, uh, listen, uh, there's battles that rage in the spiritual realm uh, that you're not aware of today. Uh, and the enemy wants to come after your home. Uh, and the enemy wants to come into your camp uh, and destroy it. And if he can possibly do so, burn it to the ground and take your family away. It's exactly what has happened here in the Scripture. And David inquired of the Lord and encouraged himself in the Lord. He couldn't turn to the people in his own army because they were ready to kill him. They were ready to stone him. So he had one that he could turn to. He turned to the one that would never leave him. One that would never forsake him. And that was the God of heaven. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The God that could get something done. And he began to pray. And he began to encourage himself. Folks, I'm here to tell you, friends will turn their back on you. People will turn their back on you. Your own family will turn their back on you. There's not but one today that you can trust in with your whole heart to be with you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Look at verse number 8. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue out of this troop? Did y'all notice that? After this troop? Shall I overtake them? He's asking God specifically. Shall I go after these enemies? And will I be able to overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. God said, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Because when the enemy came into the camp, they not only burned the place down, they took all of the spoil, they took all the food, they took all the crops, they took any animals that were left, they took the wives and they took the children. They did not harm anybody, but they did destroy the city. But God says, go after them, David. You're fixing to recover it all. So David, verse number 9, went. He and the 600 men were with him and came to the brook Bezor where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men. For 200 abode behind which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. They were 200 men that couldn't take it. There were 200 men that could not continue in the battle. There were 200 men that didn't have enough of God on them and enough of strength on them to follow their leader. It was 200 men that stayed behind. But God gave the strength to David and 400 soldiers as they went to pursue the enemy. They, not, they didn't even know which way to go. Look at what happens in the Scripture. Watch your Bible. Verse number 11. And they found an Egyptian in the field. And brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. And they made him drink water. 
And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Three days, three nights. Imagine that, Job. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. He fell sick three days ago and his master left him behind. I'm glad that I serve a master today. If I fall sick, he's not going to leave me behind, but he's going to pick me up and take me, take me where I need to be. Amen. Verse number 14. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day and there escaped not a man of them save 400 men which rode upon camels and fled and David recovered all when David began to pray didn't God say he would recover all that was a promise from God David knew that the promise was going to come to pass and here it is in verse number 18 and David recovered all that the Amalekites had Away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. In other words, the enemy had done coming to the camp. David was not sure of what had went on. They found this Egyptian in the field. They began to feed him. They began to give him water. They began to interrogate him to see where he was from. He said he was with the Amalekites and they had burned Ziklag. And David said I need you to take me to this company. I need you to take me. I need to recover my stuff. And then the the, the Egyptian said well I will if you promise not to kill me or turn me over to the ones that he was working for because it was espionage I guess. It was a you know a turncoat he would be considered. But he took them straight to the Amalekites. David went in there and recovered Covered all. You know what basically happened here? Uh, David took back what the devil had stole from him. Uh, folks, I'm here to tell you, it's time that the church take a stand uh, and take back what the devil has took from us uh, because he's taken some things. Uh, he's taken them uh, and he's run off with them. Uh, but we've got the promise of God's word today uh, of knowing that we can recover it all uh, if we'll go to him in prayer. Uh, hey, listen, some things only come by prayer and fasting uh, and 
my friends, we ought to be a praying people and we ought to be a fasting people and go and take back what the devil has taken from us. Listen, some of you got family out there. I'm one of them that the devil's got a hold of. I've made it bound and determined to wet them altars in Crossville, Tennessee and wet them altars in Spartanburg, South Carolina going out to, to listen, looking for a fight with the devil. He, I know he's going to come. I know he's going to come answering. I know he's going to give me trouble. But I can say this today. Greater is he that sent me than he that's in this world. You see, the devil's got my boy out in this world. And what can I do? I did exactly what David did. He laid down on an altar prayer and he began to shed his tears. And the power of God came upon him. And I bet David felt like he could take on the devil with a water pistol because he had so much power on him. And we cannot have power with God without praying and without fasting. You can't have that kind of power. I guess I bawled my eyes out for some 30 minutes Thursday night praying on that altar prayer. You should have heard the moans and the groans that was coming from that altar Thursday night. Brother Joe Floyd, you was down on that altar right beside me. We were praying. There wasn't a whole lot that I could say. It was one of them times when I could not give utterance of anything, but I did give my groanings. And I moaned with God. And I groaned with God. And I cried out unto God with tears. But thanks be unto God today that tears are a language that God understands. He knew exactly where my heart was. He knew exactly what I was praying for. He knew exactly what I was going against and what I'll come against. And I began to pray and began to pray and began to pray. If I remember correctly, I was one of the first ones on the altar and one of the last ones to get up. I didn't care what time it was. I didn't care how long I'd been down there. It was me and God getting down to business and I was asking God to go get my boy because listen I may not can go get him today but my friend the God of heaven that I serve can go get him and bring him to where he needs to be and we do it by prayer and fasting and we do it by prayer and praying that the God of heaven will reach down and take care of it. Amen. Some of You've got lost loved ones here today. You've got lost loved ones in your family. It's time that we go take take back what the devil's done stole from you. It's time to take back what the devil's tried to destroy in your life. And my friend, these families torn apart from, listen, from mom and daddy to the children. You name it, it's all torn apart. Some of you need to take your family back and declare a war upon Satan today and know that you serve a great God that can take care of the devil today. Amen. Some of you need to go back and take your faith. What do you mean, preacher? I got faith. You may have had faith. But do you have faith to move them mountains in your life? It's going to come your way. Are you close enough to the God of heaven this morning to bow down on an altar prayer and pray and know without a shadow of a doubt your answer is coming soon? You need to go get your faith back. The devil steals your faith. 
Why does he steal your faith? Because he puts, and how? He puts all these obstacles in your way. He puts all of these things in your life that make your life miserable. You once had a shout. I'm looking for somebody to go back and get their shout back. You're going to have to go into enemy territory, but you can get your shout back. Why did I lose my shout? It ain't nobody's fault but your own. You allow Satan come in and take that shout from your life. Uh, listen, I'm here to tell you, we'll be the most joyfulest people in God's green earth today because we're washed in the blood of the Lamb uh, and we're saved uh, and we're on our way to heaven. Uh, and look at what all's going on in this world today. He could come get us today before service is over. Somebody's lost your shout. You've lost your joy. You've lost your song. You've lost your peace. You see, you can't have peace and you can't have your joy and you can't have your song when you don't have any faith to get a prayer through. You have to go into enemy territory and tell the devil, I'm taking my shout back no matter what I go through. I'm taking my family back no matter what I go through. I'm taking my joy back. I'm taking it all back because I have got better things ahead of me. And it's called a place called heaven. If Jesus comes today or we fall over dead, I have no, listen, I have no, no regrets of serving the God of heaven. And I know without any apologies, where my soul will be when this is all over and done with. Go in and get your, get your peace back, your joy back, your song back. How do you know, preacher, I don't have no peace and I don't have no song? I want some of you to come up here and look out there. <laughs> some of you are most miserable. Most miserable. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, you have pushed him to the side. Pushed him aside. How do you know, preacher, that I've pushed Jesus aside? How do you know that I've lost my shout? How do you know? Listen, you need to let your heart notify your face. When everything, listen, listen, I know we go through bad times. I'm not exempt from bad times. (laughs) I am just as vulnerable today as any of you in here. But I can tell you one thing that's different. I know and trust in a God this morning that will carry me through the deepest, darkest valleys of my life. He's done it. He'll do it again. And my friend, I'm here to tell you, I'm going to praise Him whether you praise Him or not. I'm going to praise Him until He comes and gets me. The Bible says everything that have breath, praise the Lord. Huh? Everything that have breath, Praise the Lord. Because God inhabited the praises of His people. we got to go into enemy territory. Oh, but preacher, how do you know I've lost my joy? Well, I've done told you one reason, because of your face. A second reason, because of your faithfulness. You lose your joy when you have no desire to go to the house of God. I know the devil's already telling me. Oh, yeah, but preacher, you wasn't here last Sunday. Listen, when God calls you to go preach, you go ahead. You got my blessings. Amen, preacher. Listen. Listen. See, that's how the devil will do you. Tell that lost soul that got saved Sunday night that I wasn't supposed to be there. 
tell that person that. Amen. Because you know what? It makes all the difference in the world. Obedience unto God. You see, you lose your joy. You lose, you, you lose your fire. Now, listen, we ought to have a fire lit up under us that's ready to save the entire world because it's coming to an end. D.J. Stanley broke my heart this week. Listen, there is not a man I don't believe living on God's green earth right now that is close to the Lord as that man is, Joe. You know what I'm saying. I'm not doubting anybody's faith, and I'm not saying that he's some super spiritual human being. He is bound to a wheelchair, and he knows what the fate's going to be. If God don't intervene with a miracle, he can no longer really eat anything. He's got a feeding tube. You can't even understand what he says, but he's got the neatest thing. He's got this iPad in front of his wheelchair, and he just looks at words and letters, and it types with his eyes. Amazing what technology can do. Amazing what technology can do. He was in camp. And when those teenage boys came down to that altar of prayer, this is what they'd done. And they'd done it all week in Crossville, Tennessee. They would get on their face before God. I'm talking about with their face to the carpet, their belly, their legs, their thighs, their toes to the ground, praying unto the God of heaven. DJ said, He got to praying to the Lord and said, Lord, if I could get out of this wheelchair, I'd love the opportunity just to get down there with them boys and fall on my face, my entire body on that carpet, face down to God. Then the Lord spoke to his heart and said, Huh, you never did want to do that when you had your legs under you. You never did want to do that when you was well. Some people that never wave their hand toward heaven may be in a situation one day, Brother Hap, to where they won't be able to raise their hands. And they'll wish to God that they had the strength just to raise his hand. Many a people filled in as an Aaron and Ur this week as they would go over there and one would grab one of his arms and someone would grab the other arm. And they would get his arms. And you've got to understand, ALS, it's not easy to move their arms. You could easily break a bone. You could easily do anything. But listen, they would grab his arms and hold them up where he could, where he could praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you today, but that spoke to me. You see, the devil's tried to come in and steal his life. He's, he's winning people to the Lord. Those T-shirts that they had made is going all over. Have went all over the world. Every state in the United States has one of those T-shirts. Matter of fact, let me give them a plug. There's mine right there, DJ. If you watch this later, I'm gonna put it on and send you a picture. Okay, from down here in South Carolina, these shirts say, "I hold on to Christ, for He is my hope, with all my heart." ALS awareness dedicated to all ALS patients with love, DJ and K. Stanley. And they have given these shirts away. People want to pay them. And they're like, look, you don't owe us a thing. These shirts have been paid for three and four times already. Some people will come in and want a shirt. They'll give them a shirt. They'll slide them a check for $1,000 for a (laughs) T-shirt. Listen, 
That's how God operates. But the enemy don't like it because this man, even though he is bound to a wheelchair with a great disease, he's winning people to Christ left and right. He even won Friday night. The manager of the hotel where we were staying, she's from Scotland. And after the service was over, he got with her and preacher Chris Rumfeld got with her. And they began to talk to her about the Lord. And she graciously got saved Friday night after service from the hotel and which where we were staying. Listen, God is still saving whole sinners. Amen. You know, some of you don't have those things anymore. Some of you don't have your joy, your song, your peace. You know, it would be real easy for a man like that to be discouraged. He can't walk. He can't eat. He can't hardly talk. He can't do anything. But every time you see him, he's got a smile on his face. And he's talking to people about Jesus. And he's sending them a text message. Or he's sending them a message on Facebook. And he's saying, look here, you need to be saved. It's just, to be, it's just wonderful to be used by God. He has every reason in the world to be discouraged. But my friend, we need to take back what belongs to us. We need to take back those burdens. We need to take back those tears. When's the last time you shed tears over a lost loved one? When's the last time you shed tears about your family situation? How long has it been since you shed tears over your finances? How long has it been since you shed tears? We need to ask God to bring the tears back. Bring us back to a place of brokenness where we can be used of Him. We need to have our fear back. The fear of an awesome God that loves you and I, that holds our very breath in His hands. Another man by the name of J.R., Jimmy Russell. He was here in September as well. He was the other man in the wheelchair. There were several wheelchairs there, but here's the other man that was in the wheelchair. Goes to preacher Chris Rumfelt's church. He said, you know, I am in this wheelchair today because of the sin of my life. I didn't know it, but he told Brother Joe his story. Forty years. Forty years. He wouldn't mind me repeating. Forty years he woke up to a liquor bottle. And he pretty much ruined his health. And he'll tell you, I'm reaping now from the sin that I sowed in. Listen, you don't have to be sowing in the sin of alcoholism. You don't have to be sowing in the sin of drugs. You could just be sowing in sin in general. And it don't have to be really bad if you can classify sin as just a little bit bad. But sin is sin today. Amen. Listen, and we will reap what we sow. We need to get our fear of God back. We need to get that fire back. The shout back. The song back. The praise back. The fight back. Amen. you got to understand, I'm not your enemy today. Your neighbor's not your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh or blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers of wickedness and dark places and high places. The devil is your enemy. You're going to have to defeat him with the help of God you can. I just wonder if there's any people in the house that would say, Hey, devil, I'm coming to take my stuff back. I don't understand. Some people are content with losing all your stuff. All the things that I've mentioned, you're okay with it. It's okay if I don't ever shout again. It's okay if I never shout again. It's okay if I never praise Him. Although, you know, He died for you. Died for you. Took the cross for you. 
His life for mine. His life for yours. How can we recover all? How can we go into enemy territory and reclaim what God has given us? You do it, first of all, by prayer. By prayer. Second of all, you do it by fasting. Third of all, you do it by getting deeper in the Word of God. You make sure the Holy Spirit of God is walking you with you and guiding you every step of the way in your life. You do it by putting Jesus Christ first no matter what. Nobody loves my wife the way I love my wife other than Jesus Christ. Nobody will love my children the more I love my children. And my wife, we may love them equally. But nobody will love them more other than Jesus Christ. Let me bust some of you's bubble this morning. As much as I love my wife, when it comes down to Christ or my wife, it's Christ. When it comes down to my children or Christ, it's Christ. People don't understand that. I didn't write the book. I'm just delivering the mail to you today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Am I supposed to love my wife? Yes, I'm supposed to love her as Christ loved the church. You know what? That's impossible to do. But I'm going to try my best to love her all I can. I'll try my best to love you if you'll let me. I'll try my best to love you. But some people it's hard to love. They make it difficult to love them. Huh? Let all that hath breath praise the Lord. There used to be a song. Lisa Tinsley, one of the lines was, you can praise the hurt away. Praise the hurt away. I seen people last week praising the hurt away. I was one of them. I sat on that front pew. Joe Arthur began to preach about Jairus and his daughter and how he went and got God. The challenge of the end was this. Go get God. He'll raise up your daughter. I got to get to God. Then you throw it in there a little bit about touching the hem of the garment. The story that has been between there. Going out to get God. I don't know what your need is today. But we need to go get God. You can't fight this battle by yourself. You're going to lose. Your flesh and blood cannot sustain the battle of Satan himself. He'll come against you and take everything that you've got. Listen to this gospel preacher. He'll take your family. He'll take your life. He'll take your children, your spouse. There's war going on. I'm not talking about the war in the streets. I'm not talking about the war against terror which reigns all over the world. I'm talking about a spiritual warfare. The demons of hell is running wild. Trying to destroy everything that they can destroy. 
just as they did in Ziklag. Destroying it, taking it apart. But you know what? You may be sitting here today and say, huh, I don't know, he don't know what he's talking about because the devil ain't bothering me. You are in trouble. Amen. I'll tell you this story and I'll finish with this. There's a farmer and a farm hand. And they went out to go duck hunting that morning. And as they went out to go on their hunt, the farm hand looked at the farmer and said these words. You say you're a Christian. And you say that you battle the devil each and every day. He said, me as your farm hand, I don't have a problem with the devil. And that farmer said, son, it's like this. When we go out here and if we shoot two ducks, one duck's dead, another duck is injured, which duck are you going to go to first? He said, I'm going to go to the duck that's injured. Well, I can go ahead and, you know, try to take him out. Well, what about that duck that's already dead? I'm going to leave him alone. That's the same way the devil will do you. When you're dead, he'll leave you alone. When you don't have any of Christ bubbling up inside of you, he'll leave you alone. Now, I don't know about you. That ain't the life I want to live. I'd rather serve Christ and fight the devil than do without Christ and not have the devil messing with you. Let's take back some things that the devil's taken from us. I want you to stand as they come and give us a song. Just play a little bit if you would. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes here in this church house today. Listen, if you're here, lost without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to be one of the first ones that get out of your pew and come down to an altar prayer. I myself will be glad to bow down on this altar and read you scripture and show you how to be saved. If you're here and you're fighting the enemy tooth and nail and he's coming against you, you need to go step into enemy territory and take back what belongs to you. But you have to do it in the power of the Holy Ghost or you will never get it accomplished. You need to take it back. Somebody may need to go get God for somebody else. Whatever it may be, you need to come. Take it back. Take your shout back. Take your joy back. Take your praise back. Take your peace back. How can I sleep at night and sleep like a rock? Because I got peace in my heart. I've got victory in my life. And you can have the same peace and the same victory. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we come to you today as humble as we know how, thanking you for goodness, mercy, and grace. Lord God, we know it's time to take back what the devil's stolen from us. And Lord Jesus, I pray in that name which is above all other names that you'll put something kindled up in the fires, the heart's fire of each and every one present. Give them courage and give them victory. They've got the plan. It's laid out before them. The battle plan is here. And God, if one be here lost, save them, Jesus. We'll love you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Take it back. Take it back. Listen, the devil's a liar and the truth ain't in him tonight, today. I promise you that. He's a liar. Get your family back. Get your shout back. Get the tears back. Get the praise back. Oh, listen. May God do a work in your heart and in your life that you would think that would never even take place. You may be in a pit of discouragement, but God can encourage you. Don't lose all. Recover it all. Put the smile back on your face. Go back and take it. Take it. Take it. You've got all the time you need this morning. All the time you need to cry out before a thrice holy God. I want joy. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have peace. The enemy comes into your camp. He takes it. He rips it off. He steals it. And he runs away like a coward. You pray for me this week. You think the devil likes this message? (laughs) I'll probably be face to face with him before we leave the building. That's okay. As long as I've got Jesus, I've got it all.